Hey y'all, welcome to Water Break with Waterboy. Thursday afternoon. It's good to be with you guys. Make sure you guys share the show. I'll be actually live on YouTube, so if you're tuning in on, on Facebook, hop over to YouTube because I can actually monitor comments over on YouTube, ask any questions there, drop any uh, anything there in the line. Uh, make sure you guys join us in Rapid City, South Dakota. We got a, we got a packed lineup at that conference. Love God, sing Psalms, the five tyrants. And of course, I've already had Steve Dace on our cross-politics show regarding that conference. And uh, he's he's coming on today to talk about his uh, the Faucian bargain or, or the Faucian debacle, as I like to call it. Um, but before we get bring Steve, Steve in, um, uh, make sure you guys sign up for that conference. Make sure you guys uh, also subscribe to our magazine uh, at uh, fightlaughfeast.com. You can find all of, all of that there. So a lot of you um, probably never heard of Dr. Fauci, and he's been around for a long, long time. Uh, I mean, he was back. Uh, he was a bureaucrat back during the AIDS uh, pandemic. Back in the uh, late '80s, uh, early '90s, uh, but now everyone knows Fauci. Fauci's a uh, you know has rock star name recognition status, um, and uh, and also some sort of bureaucratic control that we we do not want to see in our bureaucratic officials. Well, let me bring in uh, Steve Dace, my man, my friend Steve Dace. He's also going to be speaking at our at our rally in South Dakota and going to be doing a live show with us at our conference on Saturday afternoon. In South Dakota, um, Steve is the host of the Blaze TV Network, uh, the Steve Dace Show. Uh, he's been around for a long time, but man, it's good to see uh, you, Steve, uh, get a number one book on Amazon of all places. Uh, welcome to the show first, and uh, and good work on the book. Thank you, uh, Gabe. It's it's amazing. I mean, they, there are forty eight million books for sale on Amazon. <laughs> uh, 83% of all book sales in America are conducted via Amazon. Wow. And for much of this week so far, our book has been number one overall, which is, I mean, it's amazing. And what, what I think is really poignant for your audience mm-hmm. is if you look at the top two books in the country. So right now there are two nonfiction books that are one, two in the country. The rest with Easter coming up are all bunny books and, wow. and, and children's books that are in the top 10. Yep. But the two nonfiction books, it's fascinating. On the one hand, you have my book, Fauci and Bargain. And then on the other hand, you have the book uh, about the, the poem that was uh, recited at President Biden's inaugural. <laughs> and both, both those books came out the exact same day. Mm-hmm. And they are now one, two in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that is not, I don't know if that's cosmic serendipity. I don't know if it's those with ears to hear, let them hear. But it is. It's a striking portrait of the two Americas. Man, that that is that's a we're divided. It that 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 really does uh, show some division there. So so why did you uh, first of all the book uh, the Faucian uh, uh, bargain is is still on Amazon still still up on Amazon for sale, <laughs> uh, uh, but was also endorsed by Ron DeSantis, Rand Paul. There, you, you got some real star power endorsement there on this man. Who else endorsed it besides those guys I just named? Uh, you mentioned Florida Governor Randy Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. Kentucky Senator mm-hmm. Rand Paul, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, oh, nice. Texas Congressman Chip Roy, yeah. uh, New York Times bestselling author Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, David Limbaugh, That's great. Uh, uh, New York Times bestselling author Thomas Woods. I know since we're doing a show with some Reformed theology people, there's going to be at least two Ron Paulers in the audience. They're going to know who that is. <laughs> yep, um, yep. 
uh, I, you know, I, and I hate to fanboy. I don't, you know me, I don't fanboy no. very often, no. but I loved getting Jason Whitlock, the award-winning sports uh, uh, commentator. We got his He endorsed it? I Whitlock? Think, yeah. This, That's fantastic. We 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 had Jason on the show. That's great, man. That's great. We had Jason on the show. Um, uh, you know, I don't know, a month ago or three weeks ago, and everything. Had a great yeah. time with Jason. Yeah, yeah. I love Jason Whitlock. I, you know, on our year end show last year, I voted him most original thinker of 2020. Yeah. I just I love anybody that will take on any any but any shibboleths of the damned, <laughs> smash idols in public. I'm all in, even if I don't always agree. I'm all in. Yeah. I just love critical thinkers, yeah. and he is among the best of them. That's great. Well, so let's get into the book. Why did you Why did you write write this book uh, with the you know the Fauci and Bargain? This really, I got to give Anthony Zaccardi, who's the president of Post Hill Press. Um, this is his brainchild. He, okay. This success, he deserves the credit for it because he called me up one day out of the blue. We had just finished um, the release and publicity for my last book, uh, A Nefarious Carol, which is the mm-hmm. sequel to. A nefarious plot that we're uh, almost finished with the script for as we speak. We'll be shooting that movie later this year. Oh, that's so great! I mean, I, yeah, we're excited about that. But I mean, I was I was going to kick back and relax. You mm-hmm. know, I'm busy enough doing the show. I did not have another book on my radar whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And Anthony uh, called me up out of the blue in, in late January and said, "Hey, how soon could you compile sort of a?" a greatest hits reference guide of all the work that you and your show have done mm-hmm. on COVID this year, because I think the momentum is turning against Fauciism and yeah. lockdowns. And, but I think a lot of people lack maybe a handy reference guide with the data that you guys cite all the time. And mm-hmm. I'll just put it straight to paperback to get it on Amazon as soon as we can and, mm-hmm. and just try to get the book out there and we'll price it as cheap as we can and see what happens. So my wife uh, purchased the book when it was rising in the ranks. I think it was number three or something when she purchased the book. So I, I, I credit her for giving you kind of that number one bump. Uh, so I've, <laughs> I've, I haven't had a chance to read the book yet. Um, so kind of, you know, just for my own purposes, give me kind of a thesis, your thesis. The thesis is liberty cannot survive in a republic where so much power is put in the hands of one unaccountable and more importantly, unelected individual. Yeah. That is the thesis of the book. Um, How does he got book, power? How does he got power? I mean, he can't vote in any laws. That's just the way our bureaucratic swamp works in our federal government. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you pointed out, he's been there since the 1980s. I don't think a lot of people know Anthony Fauci is 80 years old. So uh, this is not his first rodeo by any reasonable yeah. uh, estimation. And, right. and consider this for those in your audience. Everybody that can hear us right now or watch us, mm-hmm. every person, every family, Every church, mm-hmm. every business, every school, every sports team, every public outing. Yeah. He has had singular control over all those things I just mentioned. Uh-huh. Where, whether you're wearing a mask outside in the sun, he has had singular control over all those things I just mentioned yep. without a single vote. Yep. I think that's more power than any human being has acquired in uh-huh. human history without a conquering army or uh-huh. an election. Right. Maybe more power than any human being has acquired in most cases with many of those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a scary proposition. But even scarier is we didn't get Albert Einstein or Copernicus out of this, brother. Mm-hmm. All right? Yeah. Um, yeah, we, we, we got a clown car, a flip-flopping, gaslighting clown car yeah. who is either really bad at this or is trying to cover his tracks because of his nefarious shall we say connection to the wuhan institute of virology one of those two things has led to 
a guy who's been fairly smart for many years suddenly becoming really dumb. So he, what, what was his connection to the Wuhan Institute? Well, his bureaucracy has sent millions of dollars of taxpayer funding there. That oh. was reported by Newsmax, or I'm sorry, by Newsweek last yeah. April. Mm-hmm. And that story kind of got memory hold for almost a year. And now uh, Steve Hilton over at Fox News, uh, The Daily Caller, yep. Tom Fitton at Judicial Watch. I don't know whether they're working together or not, but they kind of all have sort of uh, Tucker Carlson, the same at Fox. Mm-hmm. All these various entities are now zeroing in on this relationship and connection because the origin story of the virus simply just does not add up. Right. And. And, and that is just one of several uh, chapters in our book. We, we try to, up to the point of the vaccine debate, mm-hmm. that, that's just now beginning, mm-hmm. so that's not touched on in the book. But up until that point, everything else that's been debated, Sweden, lockdowns, masks, Wuhan, mm-hmm. origin of the virus, everything else that's been debated over the last year is touched on with its own chapter in this book. Even the cult of Fauci, you know, earlier today, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer appeared on national television in an interview with a Fauci embroidered pillow behind her on camera. Oh, no. I mean, just just pure idolatry. Wow. So all of this is touched on in the book. Yeah. And you know me, Gabe, man, I don't show up in the Valley of Vila with only five smooth stones. I bring receipts. Okay. <laughs> and so there there are more footnotes than pages mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. book. It is airtight with documentation. Uh, sources, a lot of them from mainstream and scientific. You know, we didn't just go, you know, to the Blaze or NationalPulse.com. Nothing wrong. Hey, those are our guys. But no, we often use the information stream of the other side uh, in order to make our case in the book. Right. So so give me some of your receipts. You know, so obviously Fauci at some level thinks that this is uh, the coronavirus is, is super deadly. You can walk through a crowd and kill people by not wearing a mask. Show me your receipts on why that's not the case. Well, in January of last year, Anthony Fauci stated in a press conference that there's never been uh, a respiratory contagion spread by asymptomatic carriers. Mm-hmm. And so there's no need to be all that fearful about it. Mm-hmm. And yet he has consistently expressed that as the fear for why we need to remain locked down, the fear of asymptomatic spread that healthy people like yourself, what are you probably in your 30s, early 40s, Dave, right? Yep, early 40s. Relatively thin, you work actively, you're in pretty good health, all right? So the fear would be you would go to an event, a Douglas Wilson speaking event with hundreds of people, not realize that you have COVID-19, and then show up for Sunday dinner after church, infect grandma, and she falls over and dies. That's that's why we did all these lockdowns, right. except our own CDC, which is notoriously, shall we say, um, political. Cons- well, you can go with that. I'm going to be somewhat diplomatic. How about we say um, cautious okay. in, in its data assessments? Yeah. Our CDC estimates that only 15% of COVID-19 spread in the country is asymptomatic, which is obviously means 85% yeah. of it is not asymptomatic. Right. By the way, that's way higher than everywhere else in the world. Every other estimate in the world is somewhere between 3 and 8% right. in the single digits. Right. So again, Fauci said something early on that was right, mm-hmm. has seemingly abandoned it, mm-hmm. and we have no explanation why. There's lots of examples like this. I can give you another one, if yeah, you like. Please. On, on, on February 28th, 2020, mm-hmm. so right before the lockdowns began, as, as, as now hype and fear is beginning to ramp up, Right. Anthony Fauci writes a piece in the New England Journal of Medicine. Now, this is not a Facebook blog. He's not meandering. Right. Didn't put a, a video on, on his Instagram with a thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a research paper in the New England Journal of Medicine. 
maybe the most esteemed medical journal in the country. Mm -hmm. And in this piece, which we cite in this book repeatedly because we think it's one of the most damning evidences, pieces of evidence against him. Mm -hmm. In this piece, he does an analysis of the fatality ratio for COVID-19. And in there, he describes it. Even If you want to know where did President Trump get the phrase, it's just a bad flu, it's in this piece. Fauci writes it. Fauci estimates that the fatality rate for COVID-19 would end up being something around what he quote what he called a quote pandemic level flu. Uh-huh. Well, if we sit here today, today's April 1st, 2020, mm-hmm. the current case fatality rate, meaning if you're diagnosed, if you test positive, will you die? Mm-hmm. The current case fatality rate for COVID-19 in America is only 1.8%. Right. CDC estimates there are at least 10 times more people that have been infected than we know because they were asymptomatic and were never tested. Right. Right. Now, now, if you look at the antibody testing we've done around the country, it's actually much higher than that. It's more like 20 to 25 times more people, okay? Right. Right. But we'll, we'll go again with the cautious CDC estimate because it'll make my argument. Mm-hmm. So if 10 times more people have been infected than we know, and if the CFR is 1.8, that would make the infection fatality rate, which is the actual more accurate stat for the lethality of a contagion, that would make the, the the IFR for COVID-19 in America only 0.18%. Right. The IFR for flu, 0.1. Right. In other words, an elevated IFR on par with a pandemic-level right. flu. And IF, IFR is an wrote. infection fatality rate, just for those yes. who are tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a, now, now, today there's a report in JAMA that, that claims we may have overestimated our COVID-19 deaths by about 200,000. Uh-huh. Now, I've not studied that report yet, mm. so I don't want to get too far into it. Yeah. But if that's accurate, then obviously your CFR and IFR go plummet even more from there. That's almost close to 40% of the deaths okay, yeah. Yeah. that we're counting right now. But let's just stick with the numbers we know. If we knew going in, if Anthony Fauci, so 11 days later, on February 28th, he writes this game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 11 days later, he goes to Congress, and he goes full Denethor, run for your lives! Minas Tirith is on fire. Abandon hope. Okay. Uh, I mean, and and that night, the NBA canceled. Mm -hmm. College basketball canceled. Concerts canceled. Within the week, America was shut down because he went to Congress on March 11th and said, hey, this is going to be Captain Trips. Mm -hmm. That put everybody in a panic. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what new information did he glean from just those 11 days? It was just three days prior to that. He was on 60 Minutes saying, don't wear a mask. Right. It was just five days prior to that he told people it was safe to go on cruise ships. Right. What did he learn in those 11 days from February 28th to March 11th wow. when he kicked off the fear porn that canceled the country for a year? Wow. We need to know the answer to that because as we get the data, his original prognostications right. were correct. Right. So why did he change his line or change his mind? Gabe, if he had gone to Congress and said, Guys, I think we should probably, there's going to be some select people, morbidly obese people, particularly if you've got uh, type 1 or type 2 diabetes, a couple of, you know, the elderly, we really got to look after our long-term care facilities. But for the general population, you're looking at uh, an IFR that's just really not more than an elevated flu. Would the country have shut down if that was his testimony, Gabe? Right, right. Never. Yep. Never. Yep. Then why did he give that testimony that there are there are funerals we're never getting back for loved ones that are never going to happen ever again. Right. There are proms, graduations. 
things you shepherd your children through an entire childhood yep. for these important benchmarks that mark a milestone in life, they'll never return. So what happened in those 11 days? What happened? Why did he change we his need, tune? I don't know. That's one of the great mysteries in the book. I think, and, and the book says, and the book says, and I that we need a 9/11 style tribunal to get answers to questions like that. And it's not just so that we don't ever fall for an authoritarian scheme like this mm -hmm. ever again. Mm -hmm. But look at it the other way. You know, you know your history. Mm -hmm. Humanity is not uh, post third chapter of Genesis. Are we immune to great plagues? Yeah. During the, during the Reformation era, Luther was literally writing treatises on how to deal with the plague at the time. Okay, mm -hmm. and so there may come a point in time in the future that we face a black plague level event. But yep. now, now we've told half the population, "Don't believe it," because you've been lied to so often. We need a plumb line here, Gabe. But, but, All right? but we need to we, we need the truth so we don't fall either for another authoritarian scheme, yep. but, but that we also then have a plumb line to know, hey, this stuff is serious. Better come correct. But Steve, de deaths are up in twenty twenty. They are elevated to some extent, which they should be when you have a new disease and that's never been categorized before. Mm -hmm. But that's it. that brings us to the Sweden chapter. You know, there's a whole chapter about Sweden, which I, 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 I've never seen a subject more gaslighted in my life than Sweden. Wow. I mean, I, I went from being told for 20 years working in conservative media that we need to be more like Sweden to now suddenly the people who kept telling us that just forgot what Sweden. Right. Right. I got nothing, you know. Yep. Uh -huh. Suddenly suddenly they were like Aaron when Moses came down from the mountain. He's looking at the orgy and the golden calf, and Aaron's like, I don't know what happened, man. Is threw some gold in the fire, and the calf came out. Don't blame me. I mean, that was the reaction we yeah. got. Like Sweden never existed, never heard of it. Yeah, right. right. Well, here's here's I could get – there's all kinds of stats in there in the book about Sweden. Let me just give you the mic drop stat. Please. Okay? Yeah. In 2020, Sweden's – Sweden. With nowhere now, Sweden did temporarily at the end of the fall when it had a second wave. It instilled what we would call, by our by our standards, a very modest form of mitigation. Yep. For example, bars and restaurants had to close after 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. Large concerts and stuff were no longer permitted for a temporary period of time. Right. That's it. All right. Sweden has the lowest mask compliance in all of the civilized world. Right. Okay. Last month, they sent a kid home from school for wearing a mask in school. They sent him home. Tell him to take it off. All right? <laughs> so with almost, for little to no mitigation efforts, including no masks, yep. last year, Sweden had 7% higher excess deaths than they had averaged the four previous years. The rest of the European Union, 12 to 18% higher excess yeah. deaths. Yeah. And they were all lockdown countries. Throw, we can throw every stat in the book you want. That one's the mic drop. Sweden won. Right. So, I mean, it still doesn't – I guess I'm still having a little hard time recon, reconciling a little bit the all-cause or the all-death rate increasing in 2020. Uh, I, can, I, can, I can make sense of it uh, on a couple levels. And, and since, you know, if we got – how many more votes did we get in the presidential election? <laughs> you know, uh, more, more than the math says we should have had. Right. Yes. So we, we, we well, then what if our deaths are up? Is our population's up? Our voting's up? You know, it's like, well, there's another, does that make there's sense? Another fact even, there's another fact you're not even considering. Okay. The flu has disappeared statistically. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. So in any given year, the flu kills thirty to 90,000 people in America. Okay? Mm -hmm. um, all those numbers are gone, right? Mm -hmm. So... COVID absorbed those numbers. Mm -hmm. yep. How many? And, here, and, and since we tag people as deaths with COVID as opposed to from, 
Right. Now, some of our people took this number last year from CDC that only 6% of deaths were minus any other pre-existing conditions and tried to make it look like only 6% of the deaths were because of COVID. That's not how that stat works, right. okay? Right. So just to clarify that, um, right. you know, you may have a pre-existing condition. You got pneumonia that aggravated that pre-existing condition and you're dead, right. okay? That's that, that, so that's what that means. It mm -hmm. just means that those were people that were completely and totally healthy. Right. Nothing that was a pre -co or was a comorbidity. They contracted COVID and died, only 6%. Every, the other 94% had comorbidities, which yep. means... Did we count? Did we not count those previous comorbidities that might have caused that would have caused them to maybe die this year anyway? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But counted them as COVID, so those weren't additional deaths. We just cost shifted the stat line. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. That's helpful. Now, um, the PNAS, the Proceedings of National Academy of, of Sciences of the of the United States of America, they released a study by Jeremy Howard, Austin Huang, uh, and so forth that. Um, basically ha gives evidence of why face masking on uh, against COVID-19, why, why it works. Um, uh, I, uh, you know, I texted with you offline before we got here and you're like, hey, ask me that question on, on, on the show today. Uh, so what, when I see a study like this, uh, first of all, it, it shows me that this study was done in 2020. I have a hard time pretty much believing any study that happened in 2020 because of how politicized everything's been. But yep. uh do mass work? Is the study legitimate? No, because there won't be a control group. Mm -hmm. I need a control group of people who didn't wear masks mm -hmm. and people who did. Mm -hmm. This is why Sweden is hated so much, Dave. They're mm -hmm. the control group. Okay, so like mm -hmm. you can't. We even even if you got so so. I point out a lot that states that do and community and cities that do have mask mandates often have worse or no different performance in real time data with yep. COVID than the states cities yep. that don't. Yep. Now you can plug a hole in that and say, well, well, people are still doing wearing those things on their own, even without the mandate, which I come back with and say, so you mean to tell me that coercive government edicts are not required? People will just make the, the yeah. decision you want on their own. If you, right. if you give them the option, they'll be responsible. That's right. one argument, right? right. Okay. Right. Uh -huh. But, but yeah, we still have a massive amount of mass compliance in America, but you know where we don't have any mass compliance? We don't have any in Sweden. Right. Sweden is your great. So that's why they. That's why they're angry. And one of the things I point out in the book is there's actually a consortium of media people and scientists. I use that term loosely. Yeah. Who have actually been conspiring for the last year to discredit Sweden in the media. Right. Because Sweden is the control group here. If I do a study, if I do a study that shows, hey, if you follow my diet plan, right. you'll lose money. You'll wait. You'll lose weight compared to other diet plans. Right. But. The, everybody in the study only followed my diet plan yep. and lost weight. Right. It doesn't. If they didn't follow another diet plan, or or there was right. no placebo effect, they didn't do anything. Right. I I have no way of knowing. It, it, that study is a, what we call in philosophy a self fulfilling prophecy. Right. It's a fallacy. Right. It's a circular argument. Masks work because everybody we put on a mask and the numbers went down. Yeah. Well, and then and then the numbers went down because they wore masks. Well, maybe the numbers went down because we hit our herd immunity threshold. We're out of seasonality swoons. Mm -hmm. um, now we have some we have some vaccination efforts. We have better therapeutics. Mm -hmm. We know more. We have more early detection. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And so you create this fallacy where the mask gets a little bit like going down into the valley of Ben Hinnom, throwing your baby into the fire to Molech, and when the crops spring up great in the spring, say, see, 
Yep. If I wouldn't have killed my kid like everybody else did, we wouldn't have had great crops. Right. I don't know. Maybe it rained more. Maybe the soil was richer. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You, you throw out all the other all the other potential mitigating factors here in order to reinforce your narrative. Right. So I need a control group. And here's the control group is Sweden. Mm-hmm. All right, Sweden has better numbers than all other than pretty much any other lockdown country mm-hmm. without any of these mitigation efforts and the lowest mass compliance in the in the civilized world. So I don't need your study. I just look at real time results. Norway is a lockdown country, by the way. They right. were. Right. They don't do masks. You know mm-hmm. why? Because when their health department studied it, they found that they were going to have to forcibly mask two hundred thousand people for this for every singular spread. Not 1%, one percent, wow. one, one spread. Wow. Okay, yeah. And the reason why is we're not dealing with droplets. That was the whole mm-hmm. talk at the, the beginning. Yep. We're dealing with an aerosol. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so if you if, if 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 you do you know you do any construction work or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I have. You fix up old houses or anything like that that maybe had lead paint or asbestos or anything like that. Right. Give all your workers a cloth mask, and then when they call OSHA, and say. Hey, he's only got us wearing cloth masks to protect ourselves against all these aerosols. And OSHA is going to be on your rear end, dude, because that ain't safe. Right. When they had the California wildfires last summer, like they do every year, yep. they put out a PSA telling people, hey, don't be wearing cloth masks. They don't protect you from smoke. Right. Really? Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So that, this whole thing is a scam. It's all it's all virtue signaling. It's a it's now now. Let me say this too, and this is where they, if they just would have been a, treated us like adults, mm-hmm. let's let's go back to the beginning For of real. this case. Yeah, and let's say that they would have came at us and said, "Folks, we can't trust any data from China whatsoever. We don't know what we're up against, so we're going to throw the kitchen sink at this thing." All right, mm-hmm. we can try to keep as many things normal as we possibly can, but we need you to work with us. You know, like we did in World War II, turning your extra plastic turning your extra metal, extra aluminum, be a part of the team, right? right? Right. If they would have came to us and said, we need to mobilize the home front, right? right? So we're going to practice moderate, moderate forms of social distancing. We're going to have these kids in school, but on a rotating basis, and then test them every few weeks mm-hmm. when the kids are at home to make sure they can go back. And then we, we're going to ask you to wear masks whenever you're in public. We don't know. We're, it's the Swiss cheese. We right. just figure we put as many layers in front of the holes, well, as many as we can, that, it, that that will block as much of this as we po- see what I'm trying to right. say. Yeah, right. If they would have done that, I just said, "Hey, let go, Team America. We're in." Right. right. That's not what they did. What right. they did is said, "Is Robert Redfield stood up in Congress and said this mask will protect me more than the vaccines from COVID." That's just a lie, and he knows it's a lie. Yeah. They said this mask. What they turned the mask into an idol. Oh, they, yeah. might, they might want to call the mask Pam. Pan. They might as well call the mask Asherah pole. That's what they did yeah. with the mask. They yeah. turned it into a. It, 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 it's like you're the prof, We're all the prophet Isaiah now. Yep. How do I know which end of the mask to wear? The white or the blue end? Because yeah. I've coughed into both of them fifteen times. Which one protects me? It's complete yeah. fallacy. Yeah. Well, they've turned everyone into basically a leper. I mean, like I, I can't tell you how many people. You know, you know my little story. I got arrested here in Moscow, Idaho, for uh, singing psalms and in, in the public uh, and protesting and everything. And how many people basically called me? You know, Gabe, you could murder people, or you are a murderer, or you walk through a crowd, you could be killing people. Uh, and they've they've made everybody lepers. That's and all what this. they said too in the Valley of Ben Hinnom when you said, "I don't know." Jehovah says Moses even warned us not to throw our babies into the fire. I don't know if this is the right thing to do. They all looked at you and said, you're the reason our crops are going to fail. You're the reason we're going to be into yeah. slavery and into poverty. You're the reason we're going to have a drought. Right. 
That's right. Same thing. Because you got to you got to give credence to that God. Uh, last last question here, Steve. Um, any any research surprise you when you started writing this book? Anything surprise you in writing it? Not really, because a lot of it is stuff we've covered. It's just yeah. updated to the last possible minute. But let me go back to the beginning and tell you what I think was the biggest surprise to me all along. Please. Is is I thought that this was going to be a proxy for global warming at first. Mm. That that I thought that it would be essentially the Steve Daces and Glenn Becks of the world, uh, you know, the Breitbart's, Blazes, Daily Wires of the world against academia, like we see in global warming, yep. right? Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Which shocked me from the beginning mm-hmm. is how many elite academic sectors right away pushed back on these lockdowns. Oxford, yeah. number one university in the world. Harvard and Yale, top two universities in our country. Stanford, top five university in our country. Yep. Numerous experts at numerous elite academias said, this is not science. This is flat earth. It's right. not going to work. That's not what we do. And yet they were. It, they might as well have changed their name to hydroxychloroquine. <laughs> they were all ignored. Yep. Mm-hmm. All of them, but from the Trump White House to the Boris Johnson in the UK to, to Macron in France, yep. um, uh, all of them just they ignored. It's it, you know. Let me give you an analogy, Gabe. Please. Okay. The doctor comes to you after a physical and says, "Man, I spotted a big lump on your scrotum. We're going to have to remove a large sec- section of it." Okay. <laughs> That's some pretty bad news, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Before you go home and say to the wife, "Honey, I've got some really bad news." Okay. Right. You're probably going to want to get a second opinion, right? Right. Okay. Right. Know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Why didn't we ever get a second opinion? Right. Why did we just go with Imperial College and IHME? Uh, you know, you live in that part of the country. Right. If I if I get admitted to Stanford or UW, where am I going to school, Gabe? Stanford. Stanford. UW's where you go when you don't get into Stanford, Gabe. <laughs> yep. Right? Yep. And yet we took the UW model and told Stanford, "What the hell do you guys know? You're a bunch of flat Earth uh, podunk oh, chucos." Wow, you're the right. Fact that we, you know, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Mm-hmm. I never understood why the Trump White House. I understood why they overreacted on March 15th. I think we all do. Mm-hmm. But during those 15 days when the country was at home, why not bring all these experts in, put them in a room, put them on camera, yep. and say, "All right, have it out. Tell us what to do, guys. Right. Let's see. The, and may the and uh, let's have a, a, a steel cage match. That's and right. the best argument walks out. And that's what right. we're going to do. Yep. All right." We never did that. We never tested the spirits. Right. We just went right on the inst- on, on carnal basic instinct, and now here we are. That's right. the surprise to me is that a lot of academics who don't agree with people like you and I on a lot of other things mm-hmm. are, were from the very beginning and to this very day still are saying, what in the Sam Hill are we doing here? Man, I think we're going to be judged greatly for what happened in 2021. People are going to look back on, on, on this science or as i've been calling it schmience and we're gonna be we're gonna be laughed at you know uh, the government i can't i can't believe that our government literally thinks they can tell us its citizens that they can wear a mask that they have to wear a mask you got to put a cloth on your face you got to put you know um you gotta i mean follow this argument if the government can tell you to wear a cloth they can tell you to get vaccinated they can tell you to wear a condom because that's a health crisis especially for christians right yeah. Christians, you can't. Your health crisis is waiting to happen. You're going to have four, five, six, seven, eight children. That's a health crisis coming. Yes, and yeah. uh, and that's that's where we're at. Well, uh, any any last thoughts as we close out, Steve? Uh, just, I, I mean, this the book has just become a viral success because of regular people like 
proud of you, man. Your audience, and thank you very much for that. Yeah. Well, thanks for fitting me in in your in your dinner time schedule there, Steve. Really appreciate you, and look forward to seeing you in South Dakota. Everybody else, make sure you guys sign up for the rally in South Dakota. We'd love to see you guys there. Steve will be there, and he'll actually uh, be signing some books at the rally in South Dakota, right? I will. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we're looking forward to it. Well, anyways, guys, thank you for joining Water Break on Thursday. Hope to see you next week.